Welcome back to the Don't Stop Me Now podcast. I am your HIV positive host, Jennifer Lee And you know what? The Niners just won. They just beat the Cheeseheads. And it was such an amazing game. I'm just coming back from watching that game. It was snowing. It had all the elements of a great story. It was amazing. Like, I really didn't think they were going to win. And they pulled it off at the end. And oh my gosh, that quarterback. Ooh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Ooh, that man is so handsome. My goodness. My daughter and I were drooling over him um, (laughs) uh, after the game while they were interviewing him. My God, he's an attractive man. Um, But yeah, that was a great game. And I'm really looking forward to, um, I'm sure by the time this podcast is out, we'll be knowing whether they're going to the Super Bowl or not. So I think they're playing Cincinnati next. And um, yeah, this episode will be out after that information comes out. So this is actually being um, recorded right now on the 22nd of January. But um, before I get into my story, I wanted to um, share really quick another podcast that was shared with me this morning. Um, Stephanie Lee, who I interviewed on my podcast on episode 39, she had recommended this um, podcast to me called Fair Bit Going On. And it's a woman out of New Zealand, I believe, or Australia. I'm not totally sure because they sound so similar. But it's titled You've Tested Positive for HIV. I think she's an MMA fighter. She's really fun to listen to, actually. But she did a whole episode on testing positive for HIV. It turned out to be a false positive. But she goes through what she went through emotionally and psychologically for, I feel like it was like 10 weeks or something. It was some crazy amount of time. It wasn't just 10 days. It was a lot longer. Um, trying to figure out whether she was actually positive or not. Turns out, um, she was not, but she talked about, which really hit home for me, what happened to her psychologically, not knowing. And uh, obviously she's sort of in this limbo because there was this possibility of it being a false positive. So she was kind of in this place of like, not totally knowing for sure. I never felt that way. I felt so sick that when I got the first positive, even though that doctor told me over the phone, it could be a false positive. I just was like, no, this has to be it because I'm sick this is a positive for something. It's the only thing that's coming up positive. It has to be that. So I really kind of, I did, I embraced it like right away, but that didn't mean that it wasn't hard psychologically. And she goes through the turmoil of just how she turned right away to substances to deal with how she coped with this information, because she really in her head felt like it was a very good possibility that it was positive. And so um, she talks about that she couldn't even look up anything on the internet. Like she just, and I remember that feeling of not wanting to search for anything in that moment of finding out. Well, it was just so overwhelming, you know, getting that diagnosis over the phone. And then, I mean, really, I'm going to sit here and like, I mean, I just felt like I was hit by a truck. Like to sit there and calmly research anything on the internet was it wasn't possible. There was no way I could do that. And I remember, well, I was already really sick on top of it, but to even try to start delving into what I was going to find on the internet, I just felt like everything was going to be more bad news. And I could not take any more bad news. Like it was already enough to comprehend that this was an HIV positive diagnosis. And my life obviously was going to change drastically. Of course it didn't, but at that moment I didn't know that. And, um, 
yeah, I just remember like, I think it was not that night or the next night, but the, this third day into it. So I found out like in the afternoon, like on a Monday, I think by Wednesday afternoon, I got a hold of that doctor that had first received my positive test result. Um, it was not my HIV doctor. It was an um, infectious disease doctor who's not an HIV specialist. And I remember him, like, we didn't know that I had an AIDS diagnosis at the time. All they knew is that I tested positive for HIV. We didn't know my viral load. We didn't know my CD4 count. We just knew that I was positive for HIV. Um, and I remember, like, him downplaying when I called his office and said, you know, could I get something to help me with, like, I'm having a really hard time, like, sleeping. And I'm, like, I remember almost trying to be really strong in the phone call and not cry and I was just needing something because there was nobody helping me with anything at that point. I didn't have, like I said, I didn't have my HIV doctor lined up. So really everything was just what we were finding on the internet. And we were all kind of like going crazy. Like what is happening? What is going to happen? You know, what is my life going to turn into? Like so many questions. You can't even believe all the questions that come up, especially when you're a mother of three and you're a single mother and you're they depend on your income. You know, there's so many things that are playing into it. I've got this relationship and, oh my gosh, so many things. What's the insurance going to be like? I don't have insurance. I have Medi-Cal. I don't have like private insurance. You know, will my medication be covered? All of these things. Um, and so I remember calling that doctor's office and I spoke to him over the phone. I'll never forget this. And he asked me if I had some kind of like, um, where I get overwhelmed easily, like almost like, are you a, like he was implying, are you a hypochondriac? I'll never forget that. And I remember thinking, God, am I making too much of this? Like, and listening to her podcast made me realize like how <laughs> very little I was asking for what I was going through psychologically in that time. I mean, it really was. And I, you know, I've been really stoic about my diagnosis and I always have been. It, but goddamn, it was really, really hard to take in that information. I mean, it really was. And I, I wanted to be strong for my kids and for the man in my life and not act like, you know, I, it's not like me to like fall apart and just lose my shit. But I like, really, I mean, I could have, you know, I mean, that's how bad it felt. And it was, you know, it's one of the worst diagnoses anybody can receive. It truly is. And just hearing her experience and how she took it and how she could hardly cope, you know, and she was not telling anybody that there was this possibility that she was HIV positive and how she felt like her life was going to change forever and how, you know, she would do everything differently if she wasn't positive. And uh, so it's interesting because she did not turn out to be positive and she, the, you know, the amount of, she's obviously incredibly grateful and it's made her sort of reevaluate reevaluate how she dates and um she's taking more time with the guy that she's seen like five times now and hasn't hopped into the sack with him like she said usually it's like date number one um if not date number two but typically date number one and I can totally relate to that it's you know hey I'm I'm you know the vibe is there and the opportunity's there and you know the um setting is there then yeah, and both parties are on board, then for sure. Like I'm the same way. I've never regretted that. Like if it's as long as it's consensual, then yeah, that's naturally where it goes. Um, so it was interesting to hear um, her take on all of it. And she, she has this saying in her podcast and she says, 
pod before rod. And I was like, I did not know what she meant by that. And then I was like, oh, okay. She means her podcast comes before, you know, you get the rod part um, before any guys, you know, so she shares her dating stories on her podcast. And I guess um, (laughs) I kind of have been doing the same thing. And I thought, I guess, yeah, it sort of implies in my life as well, because I have been sharing basically, I mean, everybody's anonymous, but I have been sharing, you know, my trials and tribulations with dating. Actually, you know, everything's been pretty good. I can't complain. Um, so (laughs) speaking of, uh, dating. So yes, um, there was a second date with the man that I did the shrooms with. And, um, so yeah, it was really ironic because the night that, oh, there's so much I don't want to forget, but the night that the podcast was coming out for the first date that we had, Um, I was at his place that night again with him. This is, I've only seen him twice, knowing that this podcast was going to come out the very next morning. And I had some guilt while I was up there with him thinking, oh my God, he has no idea. Like there's a podcast coming out tomorrow about me talking about the first time I hung out with him. Um, yeah, I did not tell him. (laughs) I'm sure he has no idea even to this day, but again, totally anonymous. So it really doesn't matter. But, um, so yeah, so this is what happens. I get a text from him. I think it had been about 10 days, at least maybe two weeks that we hadn't really talked much. We, um, there was some text messages that had gone back and forth between us, but nothing much. And, um, I thought maybe that was just the end of it. You know, sometimes that's how it goes. It is like that with Tinder because a second date might turn into a third date. I don't know. I feel like guys feel like if they have a second date, then the girl's going to be like, well, what is this? Is this turning into something, you know, or what is it? Um, so I thought maybe that's why, and I'm not going to be pushy. It's like, I will kind of try a little bit. And if I don't feel like I'm getting much back, then I'm just going to, that's the end of it. I'm not going to be like, you know, going, hi, what are you doing? You know, or whatever. Just let it go. So, um, he texted me and was like, Hey, sorry for being so silent. And he'd had a lot of stuff going on. And he was like, Hey, um, I, you know, you're welcome to come back here anytime. I had a great time with you. And I was like, wow, totally unexpected. Did not expect to get that from him. So I was like, pleasantly surprised. And I said that, um, I would love to come back up there. I said, yeah, I had a, I had a really good time and I would love to come back. And he was like, well, the sooner the better. And so, um, long story short, um, we made plans for that evening. I had my kids, um, well, we had, we were at my ex-husband's place watching, the 49er game from the, the weekend before this weekend. So this was, yeah, this was a weekend ago. And, um, I had to finish watching the game and then bring the kids home and then head back basically exactly where I was before watching the game. But now I'm going to go back up this mountain. And, um, so I take the kids home. He says, bring something to drink. I'm like, all right. So I, and this time I decide, cause he got food last time I'd bring up some hummus and bell peppers and what did I bring? Cucumbers and rice cakes. I was sort of prepared with a little uh, crudite and my little bottle of wine. And I didn't know what we were going to do. You know, obviously I assumed we would be intimate, but I didn't know, you know, what kind of paraphernalia would come out. I didn't know, but I was on board if it did come out mushrooms again, because yeah, it was just 
uh, I, I was very interested in trying it again. And so I, I finally make it up there, but, um, I'm driving up and it's dark out at this point. And I remember I'm like, yeah, okay. I totally know how to get up here, but there's this last turn that I completely forgot to take. And it's on this little side street, kind of right off the main road. I, I don't know why I blanked on that. And I went straight instead. And all of a sudden there's these floodlights that come on, but they flash like a, like a camera took a picture of me and I'm on someone's property and I'm like, oh my God. I don't remember this. And, and there's a nice house up there. I, it is way up in the mountains. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm on someone's freaking like private driveway. And, but it was, you know, gravel. And I'm, I get to a dead end where there's a metal gate and it like goes up to who knows where. And I'm like, I don't remember that. That doesn't look like his gate. And I, I don't, he wouldn't have had it locked. And oh, this is not his driveway. Oh my God. And so I start to try to back up and I can't even see because it's so dark where I'd gone past their home. There was no light up there. And so when I'm backing up, my camera on my car doesn't really show anything. And I, I mean, it's really dark. It's like infrared, but I don't see much. And I'm like, if I go to the left and back up, I'm going to hit the, I don't know. It looked like there was a little bit of a, I don't know if it went down a little bit before it was like a hill. Um, and if I went to the right, it went down a hill. <laughs> and so somehow I managed to finally turn around, turn around. And I kept thinking in my head, this is like where you're in that part of, you know, country where it's all men for themselves. Like if, you know, somebody comes onto your property, you, they can shoot you. I don't know. That's what I'm thinking. I can't, there's a three letter word for that. I'm sure you guys are all going to scream it at me, but I can't remember what it's called. Anyways, I'm thinking, is this that kind of territory up here where they could freaking shoot me? And I turn around and then I realize where I was supposed to make my turn. So I make my turn and I head up his road and he's right there in his truck and he was waiting for me at the bottom of his, you know, I've talked about this driveway that is not a driveway. It is just a hill and he takes a Polaris, that's the name of the four-wheeler, um, and picks me up at the bottom um, and we take the Polaris up. So anyways, I get out and I tell him, oh my God, I went down the wrong road and um and anyways, we're just chit-chatting about that. And then I go, oh, and I go to give him a hug after I get my backpack. And, um, and I remember this was really nice. Um, I grabbed, I kind of give him a hug. And as I walked away, my shirt lifted up and I felt his hand like just brush across my front, like in my hip on my bare skin. And it was just sort of like a, it was, it just lingered for a second. It was real nice. I was like, oh, <laughs> hello. Um, and so anyways, we hop in the Polaris and it's not cold. It's not cold like it was. Like I could be in a long sleeve t-shirt and it would have been comfortable. So it wasn't like that last time that I'd been there, which was two weeks before. It was um, just a warmer night in general, but it was dark at this point completely. Like all the stars were out and we start going up the hill and I'm just cracking up in my head. This time I'm prepared. I'm in sweats. I'm in tennis shoes. I've got a sweatshirt on. I'm like, you know, I'm prepared for this mountain adventure and to hang out kind of like, you know, as if we're on a little camping trip and I have my backpack and we get up to his place and I'm like, oh, home sweet home. Like, you know, I've been here before. I like, I know this place, like it's not unfamiliar anymore and it doesn't feel weird to be up there because I already know what to expect and I'm up there for a second date. So I trust him, you know, and it all feels fine. And he shows me right away that he's got new solar paneling on the mountainside and it's professionally done. Like it's really nice. It's, um, I know he didn't have to pay for it. It's the guy that owns the property and he's hooked up to it now through, I don't even know how it was done, but there's like, 
batteries, like all these batteries, everything's off the grid totally. But the solar paneling was done really nicely. I think there was like four panels. And so now he's going to have electricity up there. And this was the very first night he was going to have electricity. And, um, so he like inside, he's got like twinkly lights. Like it is magical. Honestly, this place is like magical really. It, Cause it, like I said, it wasn't cold anymore. And well, the weather was just kind of like comfortable and we had, you know, twinkly lights and, and it was just chill. And so, um, we're sitting in his place. Um, he's got kind of like an L shaped couch and we're just kind of digging into my crudite and I'm sort of having a swig of my wine and he had a beer and we're just talking. And of course we start talking about the shrooms from last time. And I say, oh yeah, no, I watched as soon as I left, I, you know, the next day I watched, fantastic fungi. And, and I actually asked him about murder mountain because he'd worked in Humboldt and he was telling me the story about working up there. Maybe I said it on the last podcast, but anyways, um, apparently he was not, um, part of that documentary, but he was aware of like stuff like that going on up there. Um, but he does, he is very involved in like, um, uh, medical marijuana. He's involved in, um, growing marijuana and helping cultivate it, you know, that kind of stuff. So anyways, um, and trimming and all that. But, uh, so we're sitting there and all of a sudden the lights just go out and he had already shown me his, this shed where all these batteries were that are hooked up to this box on the wall. And it all looked really like somebody who did, whoever did it knew what they were doing because it was, it looked like it was done pretty professionally. And so all of a sudden the lights go out and he's like, are you kidding me? Cause he thought we were like, he was showing me like, it has like 80% power and there was something with 20% power. Once you use the 20%, I don't know. I didn't pay a lot of attention, but he was like, it did seem surprising that all of a sudden it went out because we just had one light on in this cabin. And it, and then we had like the, the, I guess there was like a rope, you know, the rope lighting that you can drape around that was on too. That was the only two things. And that was plenty of light but it went out. So we of course have our phone lights. So he says, Hey, let's go see if we can figure this out. So we go, um, around the back and this is all connected to his little cabin. There's a shed basically back there that has like a door on it, you know? And, um, he's looking at stuff with the phone. He's like, well, I'm going to go, I'm going to look out here and see if I can figure it. He goes, do you mind just staying in here for a second? And I'm, and I'm like, sure. And so I go in there and I've got my phone light on and I'm like, I don't even know what I'm waiting in there for, honestly. And, and it turns out it was for nothing really or whatever. So we just went back into the cabin, but I told him, I said, you know, as I was standing in that shed, I did realize as I was like looking with my phone light at the dirt ground and this very small wooden shed with just batteries and it connected to this thing on the wall with a door on it and a lock that he could have easily pulled that door shut and locked me in there and done something with me. I mean, like that goes through my head. And I told him that back in the cabin and he just laughed. He goes, my God, you do listen to a lot of true crime, don't you? He was laughing. And I was like, I know I do. I'm like, but (laughs) I just had this like thought, like, my God, nobody would know how to find me. Although my phone does work up there, but yeah, this place doesn't even have an address. There's no address. So it is fully off the grid. So we go back into his place and we are, um, still, what are we doing? We're sitting down and eating again. This time it's by candlelight. So he's got the candles lit and, um, 
I don't know. I'm starting to feel kind of good. Oh, because yeah, <laughs> I think it had already, I think I'd already eaten it before I went to that shed. Anyway, we did start talking about the mushrooms and he pulled out a, a package that was vacuum sealed and it had, um, I think it was just all the air had been pulled out of it and there was mushrooms inside. So he pulls it out. It was different than the last time. It wasn't this big, um, bucket with all the jars in it. It was just, he'd pulled this out from something else. I can't remember, but it was kind of all like by itself. And so I don't know, I guess with mushrooms, you just, you you don't really know what you're going to get, I guess. I mean, you know, there obviously are the kind that are hallucinogenic and people who, you know, um, I don't know, pick mushrooms. They know which ones are. So clearly this one was, I have no idea what the name was or anything. I don't think he does either. So I don't know if it's just a crapshoot and it's going to be the same every time, or it's going to be maybe a little bit different every time. I really, really don't know. But he had a little scale and he said, well, if you just did this one, I mean, like, it's like he's professional here. I guess people that do drugs know this stuff. I don't know anything about this, but I weighed it and it was like, or he weighed it and it was one gram, I guess. It was one whatever it is. And, but that was all it was. And so I'm like, I'm down. I want to do it. Like, let's like, now that I've done this once, I'm like, I couldn't have been more excited. Like, yes, let's do this again for sure. So I think I ate it before the light went out. And so by the time we came back in, it'd probably been about maybe 15 minutes later. So I don't know if I was feeling it yet. It's really hard to tell in the very beginning. Um, but all of a sudden it was like he kind of somehow told me to come over closer to him or he put his arm out or something. And I just kind of like snuggled up next to him and which I, I don't know why, cause I wouldn't have felt comfortable right away doing that. But for some reason at that moment, I felt fine with it. So I snuggled up next to him and we didn't fit well on the, on that part of the couch. I know my legs are much longer than his, but anyways, um, I think it hadn't even hit me yet, but I, whatever, we start kissing and I kind of sit on his lap and the kissing is great, but I know it hasn't hit me yet because that didn't happen like the last time where I started seeing all of those, you know, things growing off of things where it was like kaleidoscope, like I didn't see that. So I was like, oh, it hasn't happened yet. So this is just straight up me just kissing you and nothing's really happening yet. And obviously it was still really, really nice. Um, so I say, um, let's, I don't know, I guess we were going to figure out like getting up into the bed area. Cause we knew obviously that this would start to take effect soon because I think it says like, you know, within like 20, 30 minutes, it typically, like 30 minutes, it typically starts to work. And so we go up into this loft area, which is super cozy. Like I said before, it's like a really nice, super cozy bed. He got it for free from somebody and it was like a really nice bed. And, um, and it's warm again and we're not freezing up there or anything. So we, I mean, I think, well, yeah, he hopped in, I think with just a shirt on, that was it, nothing else. And I like had a shirt on and, um, I think I had my underwear off. I think he was like, just, yeah, take those off. <laughs> okay. So we, um, I don't know, the kissing started and it did start. Oh, oh. And he decided to play this music. Hold on. I just want to double check. Cause I had notes. And I don't want to miss anything. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So he puts on this music. I had insisted 
on my music last time. And I remember even a song came up from my old pet Monahan stuff. And I remember him like asking at some point, like, I got to ask, like, what is this crap? And I was like, so embarrassed, because even in the midst of being high on shrooms, he was aware enough to say this music sucks. And I was so embarrassed. Um, so this time I said, you just do whatever you want with the music. So he puts on what I would not normally want to listen to at all. But he puts on this um, like Indian music, I would say like chill music, like chill out music, but it's like Indian. And like, like every once in a while, like there's a woman's voice, like, you know, like that kind of thing. I would never listen to this kind of music, but I will tell you, it worked perfectly with this shroom trip. I, I unreal, unreal. So it starts to hit and um, I'm not going to go into like all of the sexual detail, but I will tell you that I think it was a five hour ordeal, the whole thing. And I think we, our mouths were connected for probably four and a half of those five hours. Like I could not, this is the really interesting part is your senses become so heightened and it's also your euphoric also all your serotonin is just going bonkers. So you're in this place of just complete euphoria um, you feel light, you feel high for sure. You're super happy, but I, this time I didn't talk. I chose not to talk. I got a little giggly at times for no reason at all. Like something would kind of in my head feel funny and I'd start to giggle, but like, I didn't even want to explain to him like why I was giggling. And then like, sometimes he would, and like, he wouldn't really explain. It's just like, there was no reason for explaining. I do realize like in the midst of all of it, the ability to have any kind of insecurity is absolutely 100% gone. You cannot be insecure. It's, it's impossible. You're so, you feel so amazing that, and and it's like, you don't want it to end. It's like, I, my God, I said to him, I do, I do remember saying to him, I don't want this to end. How do we make this last longer? And he said, eat more. And I was like, that never ended up happening, but it was like, I remember saying that out loud. So this time it aside, no talking, enjoy this trip completely. And so what it felt like this time is that I went deep into like, I was in a movie. I felt like I was full on in a movie and I'm watching the movie with my eyes closed. You know, my eyes are closed most of the time, but we are kissing. We're very, it's very passionate. And I can't imagine doing it without having another person there that you're wanting to be intimate with, I feel like it would be kind of a bummer not to have that because this two times it's just been really intense um, being with another person that you're attracted to also. And I let, that was another thing I thought, like, what if I wasn't attracted to him? Could I do this? Like, I don't think so. Like, I think I have to be attracted to him. But there is a point where you're so deep in this trip and you're with this person and um, it's almost animalistic and not even, um, uh, what's the word intimate anymore. It's like, it really does feel animalistic. So like I said, your senses are so heightened. It's, I don't know, there is something about your tongue wanting to explore the inside of this other person's mouth. Like I, I, the way his mouth felt like above his front teeth gum line under the lip right there. I could have rubbed my tongue under that area like forever. It was like, it was like a tongue orgasm. Like I, I can't even explain it. And then like, or I can't explain it. I'm trying to, or like my tongue needed to, it's like I needed to touch 
all of his teeth, all the way back, as far as I could, rub my tongue on the points of all of his teeth on his molars. And I need to, like, I wanted to bite his teeth with my teeth. And I wanted to, you know, pull on his lip and, I mean, lightly bite his tongue. Everything was like, you know, you're almost at a point where you could almost hurt them, but you won't. You know, it's very sensual, but you, it's crazy how the oral fixation becomes so strong. I've never experienced anything like that before. And, and him to me as well. But here's the funny thing is, um, we'd be kissing and sometimes we'd just stop. And I just kept, he has a really nice nose and I just would just hold onto his nose or touch his nose. And I, with my eyes closed at one point, I think I was like on the side of his face. I was sitting on him, was laying on him like, um, like a bug kind of, you know, knees bent, um, laying flat on him. Um, you know, my legs at my side and I'm laying flat on him, my arms around his back. I don't know, his head or something. I don't remember, but, um, I'm, I have my head turned. I know he was looking straight up or had his eyes closed, you know, was, um, head straight up. And I was like licking his face, just licking his, he has a little bit of a beard. And I was, and then I'm like chewing on his, you know, hair on his face, like with my teeth, just needing to bite the little hairs. And while I'm doing that, my hand is touching his, the bridge of his nose. And I feel like his nose and face are three feet away from my mouth with my eyes closed. I feel like I'm stretching my arm across the room to touch his nose. And then I open my eyes and he's right there. It's like that happened over and over. That was such a weird sensation to feel like he really, he was right there. But with my eyes closed, I felt like he was far away. Um, another interesting sensation is when he would take a deep breath and my whole body would rise up and then he'd you know, exhale and my whole body would come down with his body. And I felt like we were literally one being like that was, I mean, God, it was a trip. (laughs) No doubt. One time during all of this, I said to him, I cannot believe I said this. I said, this is like a drug. And then I was like, you know, I'm, I'm very high. So I can't like, I'm laughing And then I'm like, oh my God, I've got to try to explain to him, but I could hardly even talk normal to explain to him how stupid that was, what I just said. But what I meant was, is that this whole experience was like a drug, like being in this experience. Well, no shit. It was, it was a drug. So, um, that was funny. Um, he was really into the music. I remember he kept mentioning, not kept because we really didn't talk that much, Um, but he would mention like that, how do they make this music? Like, this is like, who came up with this? Like, it must be like the smartest person ever to come up with this kind of music. I remember he mentioned that several times. Um, he needed to go up and not go up. He needed to get up and go down the ladder and go pee several times. And I probably like four times. And every time he would have to go, I would kind of whine because I didn't want him to leave me. Like I was... I don't know. I wasn't scared or anything, but I just wanted him next to me. I was, you know, really into this and I was really in this dreamlike like state. It really was very dreamlike. Like I was literally in a movie and I, the music was adding this element 
that wasn't there last time. And then not talking and just letting my brain take me all over. I felt like I was like in Tahiti on the beach. I was in India. I was all over the world in my brain, really seeing and feeling all of it. It it really is incredibly realistic when you're in it. It really is. And it's like a dream, but you're awake and, but you're really in this real dream and it's taking you all over the place. So I did, I don't know. I just didn't want him to leave. So I would hear him outside. I heard him talking cause he was talking about the sky. He's like, he kept saying, you've got to come out here and see this, but I didn't really want to get up. And, um, I remember just laying there kind of like in a fetal position, just waiting for him to come back up so I could just cling on to him again. And at one point I knew I wanted chapstick and I did get up out of the bed and I, well, there was just clothes and I don't know, my backpack was there. There was stuff all over the place and the lighting wasn't good. And I, my backpack pocket all of a sudden seemed extra deep and crazy full of stuff. And I, I mean, I just was laughing, you know, he wasn't even, he was down outside and I was laughing about the fact that I couldn't find my chapstick. And it was like, I, I just was making it way harder on myself than it needed to be. And it was kind of cracking me up because it was just, it seemed like the easiest task. But in that moment, it was like the hardest thing ever just to find my freaking stick of chapstick. But I needed it. And we had a um, bubbly that we were sharing. We kept doing that cool thing where one of us takes a sip and then the other one, like, you know, we kiss and like let it go into the other person's mouth. That's always hot. That was fun. Um, and anyways... So he'd, he'd climb back in and we'd get right back into, um, all of it. And yeah, there was, there was sex in the midst of all of this too. I didn't really care cause it was kind of more him that he was wanting that. And I was like, I'm fine. Sure. But I didn't, I don't know. It didn't matter to me all that much because I was so into this, this experience. Like I just was, and I was really like fully satisfied with everything that was happening from the waist up, you know, that was totally fine with me. I didn't need anything more, but it's fine. Whatever. It was all good. And so, and then at one point I remember we, he has a window, like it's right above our heads. There's one little window right there and we were looking outside. And so there's trees, obviously this is, you know, the mountains and there's trees all outside that window. And I'm looking with my eyes wide open and everything looks like it's in infrared. And I feel like there's monkey heads all over these trees, sort of laughing. That's what I'm seeing, monkey heads. And I mean, I was able to even say that, like, I swear I'm looking at monkey heads. You know, it wasn't like I was out of it or anything. Like I felt totally conscious. I was like, those look like monkey heads, you know, it was crazy. And then I did look up at the sky because I had to go down. I had to eventually pee, which I didn't want to because I just, it sucks because you got to go out there and I've got to go and like find a spot where it's sort of, I need to be in a downhill area. So I'm not peeing on my feet, but I did look up at the sky and it looked like the moon was straight up at the top of the sky and that clouds were circling around it, but that the sky was more rounded, like, I don't know, not concave, but almost like we were inside of a a liter bottle and like we were at the bottom of it looking up and the, the, the clouds were rounded in like that tight of a, you know, rounded shape. Like you, if you were inside of a bottle looking up, I don't know if that makes sense. And that the moon was in the center and the clouds were going around the moon. It was, and he even went out at one point and took his phone. Cause he said, I want to see if it looks like this 
once I'm not tripping because I'm this is crazy what I'm seeing in the sky. I don't know what he ever ended up seeing later. I never checked with him. But anyways, yeah, it was the sky was incredible that night. It was a it, I don't know if it was a full moon, but it looked pretty full and it was beautiful. So um, so let's see. So uh, monkey faces. Yeah. All right. So I guess about oh, and I I turned my phone off. My kids knew where I was going I didn't have my ringer on. It didn't want to be interrupted like the other time that I was there. I just really wanted to be in this moment. It felt really selfish, but it felt really awesome too to just have like, like these five hours to not be interrupted by my phone at, at all and just be in the moment to experience this with this other person. And we both said, you know, like what a way to like get to know somebody or meet somebody and have this like incredible experience with them. Like literally we're strangers, but I mean, we couldn't like be more intimate in that moment because it really is incredibly sensual and intimate. And um, anyway, the high starts to wear off and I realize that it's happening for him because he's not being as affectionate anymore. And he's like staring up at the ceiling and now that he's just doing like normal kind of talk and he's really focused on the kind of wood that's on his ceiling. And, um, and I'm kind of feeling like, he's not so into me as much anymore. You know, I just, there's just a feeling you just get like when they're not asking you or making you feel, I don't know. It's just, you can just tell. It just seemed like, um, the fun was starting to come to an end, but I had promised him that I would spend the night. I know he really, really, really wanted me to see what this place looks like in the morning. And you can see, you know, the ocean from up there, the view from the, you know, I guess there is a view of the ocean from up there. And so that was my plan. I'm like, I definitely want to spend the night, but here's the thing. I didn't have my sleeping pills. I had taken my HIV pill. When did I take it? I took it when he went pee at one point, my alarm went off on my phone. And in the midst of all of this, I did take my Devado when he was down there peeing. And, um, so at least I took that, but I have a, I do take like an over the counter sleeping pill every night from CVS and I take melatonin and I take gabapentin for my restless leg syndrome. Um, and I didn't take any of those. And so we decide that we're going to go to sleep and I'm thinking, okay, I, I will just, and I did, I did fall asleep. Like I fell asleep against his shoulder, my mouth. And I remember, remember I woke up, but it was probably only like a half an hour later. And I drooled like on the side of his shoulder. And um, I was like, Oh my God, I'm sorry. I'm like, I got to get myself more comfortable here so I can go so I can sleep. He was definitely sleeping. And I like to sleep on my left side and if I turn to my left side, I would be facing, this is like an A-frame roof. I'm, my face is going to be right into that like side of the roof, if you know what I mean, because we're like up in an attic, basically. And so talk about claustrophobic. So he's on the side where like, let's say if I wanted to get up, I would have to climb over him to get off the bed, you know. So I'm in this corner, basically. And I don't have my body pillow. That's another thing. I sleep with a body pillow. He said he had a pillow, like right stuff down there if I wanted to use it. And it wasn't a body pillow. It was just kind of a regular pillow, but the longer size, which isn't, I, I still need a body pillow. And I have this thing that if I can't fall asleep comfortably, or if I don't get comfortable, my ears stick out and my ears will start to hurt. If I, I can't explain it, maybe only people that have um, ears that stick out can relate to this, but if I am not comfortable when I'm sleeping somewhere else, 
my ear will start to like get uncomfortable and it will hurt. It's something, I don't know what it is. It's like I'm tensed up or something, but it, it just hurts. So I end up laying on my back to get the pressure off my ear and I can hear him sleeping, sleeping, sleeping. And I'm thinking, okay, Jennifer, just go to sleep. And then I realize I really have to pee. So I'm like, okay, but if I go out there and go pee, I, it's going to be cold. I got to climb over him. Um, I'm probably going to wake him up because he just fell asleep like a little while ago. And now I'm getting up. I'm going to wake him up. That sucks. Um, and I don't know, I'm going to have to go outside, find somewhere to pee. It is pitch black out there and I'm alone and I don't know. And also, I don't know, I might fart like, and you can hear everything. Like, even though, you know, he's inside, I don't want him to hear me farting. So I just like, I'm going to have to, cause there's no way I'm going to fall deep asleep because I have to pee so bad. So I just go for it. I'm like, fuck, I just got to do this. So I climb over him. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've just, I've got to pee really bad. And I keep thinking, okay, I'll just get this pee out of the way. So I go as, to, you know, as far away to the side of the cabin as I can. It's dead silent. I mean, even my peen, I was afraid would be loud. It was like trying to even make that quiet. And I was so like squatted, if you know what I mean, like my feet were so squatted far apart that, um, I heard something that sounded like air. I think it, well, and it was, it was air coming out of me, <laughs> but thankfully I was so squatted. Like my feet were so far apart that, um, any gas that came out of me, uh, it didn't smell either, but it, it was quiet. Didn't make a noise. I just heard the air. It was like, like not a, no, that's not it. It was more like, like it was really quiet, but yeah, I farted. So anyways, I'm like, Oh, thank God. Cause I, I, there's no way I would do that in his bed. Obviously I barely know this person. And then I kept thinking, what if he farts on me? Like he's, we're both naked. Um, there's always that really uncomfortable thing about falling asleep with somebody you don't know well and like bodily functions might happen when you're asleep, you know? Um, and I, again, I'm not, I, I'm not one that does that a lot. I really don't, but I think I do sometimes at night if I'm alone, I just don't think anything of it cause I'm alone. But, um, so I climb back in bed and I'm like, okay, now I can fall asleep. And my thoughts are, okay, it's two in the morning about right now. I had checked my phone and I did have some messages from Owen and Joey. I did look really fast. And Joey said something like, um, sitting here drunk on the toilet right now. And then obviously I didn't respond to her and she just put whatever. And then I got, there was a mess message from Owen and all I could see was that it said something like, um, you're not answering or something. I was like, Oh my God. But I just decided to put it away. Anyways, I'm like, they're safe. They're fine. And then there was something from AT&T, like some kind of like message saying that I was charged something. And then I got back in bed and all I could think of was that, what if that was my kids like trying to get a hold of me through like the police? I got crazy thoughts in my head. Like I could not, and my phone wasn't within reach anymore because I had already cl climbed back into that spot, you know, next to him and the wall. And so my mind was sort of like thinking about them and is everything okay? And, you know, I'm sure they're fine, but it just was like, I definitely had, you know, put my phone on silent and I wasn't answering calls. So I was, that's, you know, not like me. I'm always accessible. So I was feeling this guilt also, um, but I thought I just need to sleep, but okay, this is my thought now. Okay. Well, it's two in the morning. The sun's going to be up in four hours. I'm not going to get probably very good sleep. I'm still going to be tired tomorrow. And then I have to go to work the next day. Cause this was falling into Martin Luther King Monday. And I'm like, okay, I got to work on Tuesday. Now, obviously I'm like 
So if I don't sleep, I'm going to be here in the morning and I'm going to be feeling awful because I will have a night of no sleep while he's totally sleeping. And I'm going to have to, you know, talk about how great the view is and go on a hike maybe because he talked about going on a hike and all of this with no sleep. And like, I don't do well. No one does. No one does well with no sleep. You have a headache. You feel like crap. You know, it's that awful feeling. So I just kept telling myself, go to sleep. My God, go to sleep. And it wasn't happening. I think I laid there for two hours and I was like, yeah, it was. It was for sure. Um, Because I know what time I ended up leaving. So I, I just like, I know it's not working. So I finally sit up and I, and I told myself over and over again, okay, so here's the thing, Jennifer, if you leave now while it's dark, you're going to have to walk down that quote unquote driveway to the street to where your car is. And I don't really know how long it will take me to walk it. I don't think it's going to take me too long. And I have a light on my phone, but I'm way up in the mountains and there's mountain lions up there, you know, and I thought it would just be my luck that I get attacked by a mountain lion walking from his place down to my car and this will be my fate and my kids will never see me again and I'll get drug off by a mountain lion you know this was like definitely running through my head like this is so stupid I should just wait till morning but I'm going back and forth with the whole thing that I'm not going to have any sleep I'm going to wake up feeling or well not wake up I'm just going to you know basically be mad like hey must have been nice for you to sleep all night I didn't sleep a wink and so I don't know why but I just could not let go couldn't do it couldn't sleep and I finally sat up and I kind of propped myself up with my arm and he's still sleeping and I'm like looking at my stuff over on the floor realizing I've got a lot to do before I go I have to find all my stuff in the dark I've got to put my clothes on I have to tell him again that I'm leaving and I know he was disappointed last time when I left but I've got to do what I think is best. And I got to face that walk down to my car and maybe get killed by a mountain lion, like all of these things. So I just said, I climb over him and he's like, what are you you doing? What are you doing? I said, I'm looking for my underwear. I'm looking for my bra, my shirt and my, oh my God, my sweats and my socks. And I'm like, I got to go. I can't sleep. He goes, just go to sleep. He goes, just close your eyes and go to sleep. I said, I've been trying for like two hours. I said, I just can't sleep. So he just kind of keeps you know, asking me to try. And I kind of keep saying why I can't, it's not working. I don't know why, but I really need to go home and sleep. And I'm feeling like such like, I don't know, I'm bummed that uh, maybe he really wants me to stay. And I don't want him to think it has anything to do with him or that I'm a big baby, but I really just couldn't sleep. And so I finally got everything on and I sort of rubbed his back and I think I kissed his like shoulder. And I just said, I'm sorry. I said, I just, I have to go. And I said, all right, well, thanks so much again. And whatever. So I leave his place and I'm walking down the road in the pitch black. And I'm just like, just make it to the car, just make it to the car. And it's just so quiet. There's nothing. You don't hear anything. It's just dead silent. And, um, and there, sure enough, I got to my car probably in a minute and a half. It didn't take that long. And I was so relieved to be in my car. I'm like, okay, I'm in my car. I'm in my car. I made it. And I wasn't high or anything at this point. I just wanted to drive home. So this is kind of a few funny things when I was driving home. All of a sudden, a skunk ends up in the road. And I did put this on my Instagram story. There's the skunk. And I swear to God, this skunk, I don't know if they're blinded by the light or what, but he was running in front of my car. Of course, I was going very, very slow. Um, But he just 
was running in front of my car, you know, doing trotting, I guess, um, for, I would say a good, I don't know. It felt like about 30 seconds. It was like, dude, are you kidding me? Like I need, I'm not going to go around you. Cause he was on the side closer to the mountain and I wanted him to go off to the left and go down the hillside. And he just kept running on the street. And I'm like, you know, it was really funny. So I finally filmed it because I was like, I cannot believe this. This is hysterical. And so finally he takes off and he goes, does a shot to the left and goes down the hillside. And then not even, uh, I don't even know, like a half a mile later, another skunk's in the road right there. And so I, this time I had to stop completely and his big tail's all fluffed up. And, you know, I would love to roll my window down and talk to them. And, but of course you don't take any chances with skunks. And so I filmed this guy too, because he's kind of doing the same thing. I mean, they're so funny. I don't know if they're just dumb or if the light is confusing for them and they don't know where to go. But, you know, he finally just toddled off, off to the side of the road after a little bit, but same thing. So cute. So, um, anyway, I'm driving along and I'm, I, I, I finally, um, oh, and then I'm driving home and, you know, I'm thinking, okay, so who was home tonight? It was Joey Ryan and she's dating this new boy. So nice. Ironically, um, his name is Chris also. And so was the person that I went up to see. Um, but they, um, they had been drinking and having a great time together. And at my house, I have, um, a lock on the front door, like a latch lock. And I have a lock from in from the garage. Like I have a garage door opener, but there's a lock on the door that goes into the house. That's a deadbolt lock that I don't have a key for. I don't even know if we have a key for it, honestly, but all I have is a key for the front door. And I knew the slider would be locked. And so I realized about a mile before home, I don't know why it took me all that time to realize that I needed to take a crap. <laughs> and I think that's why I couldn't sleep. I really do. But it wasn't, I was so out of my element at his place that I didn't feel that at all. I just couldn't relax. And so, um, I was like, Oh my God, with my luck, I will get home and there will be, um, I will be locked out and everybody's going to be dead asleep and I'm not going to be able to get into my house. Thank God I was able to get in. The front door was, I think I went through the front door. The, um, the paddle lock was open on it and I was able to use my key and come in. And yes, I used the restroom and I really had to go to the bathroom. Like I really did. And I'm so thankful because, okay, what am I going to do? If I'd stayed there through the night, the next morning that hits me and what am I going to do? I got to go take a crap, um, somewhere over by that tree. I mean, this is not sexy. I don't want to deal with this at the log cabin. I like the log cabin for everything else, but that I want to be in my bathroom, you know, my private bathroom with toilet paper and a toilet. I don't want to be squatting, you know, with things crawling around my butt. So anyways, it was, it was really interesting to see that that sensation didn't hit me until like, like a mile before I got home. <laughs> Isn't it always kind of like that? So that was, um, that was the end of that. And I went to sleep. Oh my God. I took my medication cause I had it in my car. Um, my sleeping medication stuff. I took that as soon as I got into my car leaving his place. So by the time I got home, which was 30 minutes later, it was all kicking in and working. And so when I got into bed, it still took me, by the way, I left his place at five in the morning. I was in bed and I think I fully fell asleep. I mean, I was home by 5.30, but I didn't get settled in bed. I know I was still checking my phone at 10, at 6.45. I still wasn't totally asleep. Slept till 11. 
Um, so I was a little uh, out of it the next day because I just wasn't feeling great because obviously that wasn't enough sleep. Um, but I was really grateful that I went home. So I texted him when I woke up or about an hour later and said, Hey, you know, I'm, uh, I, you know, I kind of told him like what time I got home and that I slept till this time. And that was an amazing night. And, um, you know, hope you got some sleep or whatever. Well, he doesn't write anything. And like the whole day goes by and I'm like, Hmm. Okay. Maybe he's mad at me that I left. I don't know. So like seven o'clock that night I write, Hey, um, are you upset that I left? You're pretty quiet. I hope everything's okay. And he wrote back and he said, no, everything's fine. He goes, not at all. And he like put, you know, did like a wink. I mean, he's really sweet. And he said, no, I'm just feeling really tired and like weird all day. I've just been feeling tired and weird. I'm like, well, that makes sense. You know, we did shrooms and of course probably didn't get enough sleep. So, um, that was kind of the end of that. And then I think like three days go by and he writes to me and said, Hey, how are you doing? Wow. That was a crazy night the other night. And sorry, I've been so quiet. He goes, I am really, really sick. And he goes, I have been super sick since like that next day since I left. And I'm like, Oh my God, shit. He thinks he's got HIV. I'm like thinking for sure. And I'm like, okay, dude, you don't get HIV like the next day when you're with somebody. But we had been together two weeks before that. And no, we had not used anything. And yes, I did get tested for everything. Um, <laughs> and I'll get tested again. I will. But um, anyway, uh, and everything was negative. But uh, yeah, I was like thinking, oh my God, but he's going to put it together with the time before, if he knows anything about HIV, that it would take like two weeks. And in that way, the time frame would look like it's possible. But I know U equals U and also women transmitting are already. I mean, but I'm undetectable, so it doesn't matter. So, but he doesn't really know all that. And if you don't really know much about HIV or whatever, of course you can let your mind go wild with that and just think that that's what it is. And so I'm like, oh my God, he's going to think this is HIV. And, um, but he said, you know, he's got like ch chills, body aches, fever, and he's just felt, oh, he said, this is a real mean one. And I said, that's, that's crazy. I'm not even sick. And he said, that is, he goes, I'm really happy to hear you're not sick. He goes, you know, and I offered to come up and, you know, bring him something if he needed it. And he was like, no, I'm going to try to work tomorrow while the weather's good. I've got to do this staining job for something, some paint thing. And, and so anyways, I check in with him the next afternoon to see how he's doing, doing. And he says, I am, he goes, I am so sick today. He goes, I couldn't go to work. He goes, I am just, it hurts to have clothes against my skin. He goes, I feel like my bones are breaking inside, like my joints are breaking. And I just, I'm thinking, I talked to my girlfriend about this. I'm like, I swear he probably thinks it's HIV. So I'm just going to see what he says. So I said, COVID question mark. And he writes for sure. And I was like, oh, like, I got to tell you, that made my heart feel so good to know that it wasn't what I was thinking he thought. So um, COVID. Yeah. And we don't know for sure um, that it is, but here I am today is Saturday night. Tomorrow would make it one week that I've was with him. I don't, I have no symptoms of anything. I took a home test yesterday and, um, it was negative. 
So, but I know uh, you can, it can take two days to 14 days to show symptoms or even show a positive. So I'll have to keep testing. Um, and again, we don't know for sure that it's COVID, but I would gather that that's what it is. It sounds like it. And my boss said that her husband had the same thing with the body aches, like just having clothing on, it felt like it hurt your body. Um, so yeah, we shall see. I will find that this is absolutely the craziest thing ever. If I don't have COVID, if he has COVID and I don't have it, um, I've never tested positive for it. How the hell is this thing transmitted? Because like I said, I couldn't have been more in that guy's mouth or him in mine. I mean, we swapped spit like for five hours straight. I mean, I, I don't understand this. It's, it's, it's water droplets, right? I mean, that's saliva. Crazy. Um, so anyways, that's all, who knows, by the time this podcast comes out, I will definitely have a, a confirmation on whether I ended up with COVID or not, but I'm feeling right now like I'm, it's going to be a negative. I don't think I'm going to have this, but like I said, we shall see. And I will test again. So, um, that is, um, all I know for now. And uh, I, I have a feeling we will probably see each other again as soon as he feels better. I don't know if I will do that again. Um, I have to say that there's somebody in advocacy that I know really well, who ironically, ironically, um, and he's a man and he is HIV positive. He did it for the first time also on New Year's Eve night by himself. And he said it was the most spiritual, um, what was the word he used? Spiritual, I don't know, crazy thing that he's ever experienced. Like he was just like, that was amazing. Cause he saw my story and then he wrote to me and he said, how much did you do? And he's like, I did it too for the first time in my life. I'm like, get out of here. And he's almost my age. So, um, very interesting to hear that, um, someone else I know had done it also. So I, you know, and so that was, I guess I was leading into the fact that I was kind of like researching it a little bit to see like how often this can happen or you can do it. And, you know, obviously you want to go into it with a good positive mindset. Cause apparently, um, if you go into it with a negative mindset, you can have a bad trip. And, um, I obviously was in a really good mindset. I was ready for it. I wanted to do it. I was looking forward to it. I was, you know, couldn't wait to see what it would be like the second time. And it was totally different. It was incredibly, it was 10 times more intense than the first time because I, I chose to be in that moment and be quiet and really let it take me everywhere in my mind. And it was, that was, and not be scared of it. Cause there was even moments where I was seeing scary faces that were turning into more scary faces that were almost coming like out of um, spider webs. And I just kept looking with my eyes closed, but looking with big bright eyes at everything that was coming at me. Like, just look at it, look at it, watch it. You know, it's like, almost like someone's holding you, um, like your whole body, like into like a jar and you're like scanning everything with your eyes. But you know, I was just had my eyes closed, but I was looking and I wanted to see everything I could see. And it's almost like you I know I wasn't making things happen a certain way. I don't know. It is hard to explain. It is like watching a dream, but you're awake, but you're watching it with your eyes inside your eyelids, you know? it's incredible. And the music that he played really brought us 
to different places in the world for me totally. I mean, I don't know what he saw really. We didn't really discuss that, but, um, and I really can't even remember what I saw. I just know that I felt like I was sort of on a beach at times, but not even that specific. There's just, you're just, it's pictures of stuff and you're watching stuff and it's fascinating. But at the same time, I, I'm eating his face too. And, um, just, I just remember like letting out, like taking a deep breath and just letting out this exhale and just feeling like I was floating and just so happy. It was incredible. It was incredible. What can I say? Okay. Well, that is it for this week. And, um, I'll have a COVID update for sure. I've got some great interviews coming up, um, with, people that I know you'll want to hear from. In fact, um, I was almost thinking of calling Eric Cutter right now and seeing if I could get him. He, his father passed away. Did he write to me? And I, I'm really tired, but I think I will try to call him really quick and see if I can catch him on the phone. If you guys want to hear Eric, everybody asks about how he's doing. Let's see if we can get him on the phone. Your call has been forwarded to an auto. Nope. Can't get a hold of him tonight. All right. Well, I tried. Um, we'll try another time. But yeah, his his dad passed away about a month ago, and they just had the service um, yesterday. So I checked in with him to see how he was doing, and we were going to catch up um, tonight. So that's it for now. Um, <laughs> thanks again for joining me, and I hope you guys enjoyed um, this story. Hopefully there will be more to come. Um, I'm talking to a lot of different people on Tinder. Don't have anything lined up specifically, but um, there are different people that I wanted to meet. So we will see what happens with that. Hopefully I will um, meet some of these nice guys soon. And, you know, who knows where it will lead. We will see and you will know. And that is all for now. Have a great week, you guys. Thanks for listening and take care. Be safe. Bye. If you'd like to be notified for any of my upcoming podcasts, be sure to subscribe. If you'd like to help this girl out, then please rate, review, and share my show. Thanks, guys.